and welcome to Dak and Rick's Pod. I'm Dak. And I'm Rick. And this is a Father Son Podcast where we talk about all things sports. And today, we are back. Football is back. And uh, last week we did sort of a preview show, even though you haven't already played a game. Now we're here, middle of the week. It is going to be a Thursday when everyone listens to this. So, happy Thursday. Almost Friday. Woo! All right, anyways. Uh, can can we get a megaphone for that? I, I don't know if this is going to work. Okay, that was either really bad or really good. Anyways, um, let's talk some Hurricanes football. Your Miami Hurricanes have just ranked up to number 13th in the nation as they beat Southern Miss 30-7, to and they are now 2-0. Any notes on that game before I go into like all the st- stats? Hit the stats. Hit the stats. All right, so quarterback Tyler Van Dyke threw 20 for 29. Um... 253 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Uh, Henry Parrish led the rushing with 97 yards. Xavier Restrepo had six receptions, 72 yards. And on defense, uh, Tyreek Stevenson, number two, had one interception. Uh, Was there any sacks? There were like three sacks. Leonard Taylor, number 56 from Palmetto, continues to stand out as a big body in that defensive line. He had two tackles and one sack. Well, what do you think about Van Dyke this this game compared to the prior game? Uh, definitely a lot more disappointed as Van Dyke did throw that interception and the offense wasn't rolling as much as it was initially. Um, you know, they were down to Southern Miss at the start of the second quarter or in like the middle of the second quarter. Southern Miss was up 7-3, to three, which is disappointing. You don't expect that from the 13th team in the nation. Then again, Texas A&M, who we'll talk about later on in this episode, just lost to Appalachian State. So I guess, you know what? We finished, we won. So you can't really complain. And, and anything can happen in again. sports and games. And, but the reality is, what do you foresee? What changes do you think um, Cristobal will do with Van Dyke as they prepare for uh, Texas A&M? Well, I just don't believe that there will be any change. Well, no, there will be dramatic change, but no change to what happened on Saturday because according to Van Dyke, they haven't opened the offense yet. And what was the need to? You played Bethune-Cookman and you played Southern Miss. Ideally, if you're winning... You don't need to be going crazy and trying to do cockamamie, crazy ideas on the offensive side of the football. You just need to win football games, and they did. Well, do you think that what they're going to do when they say open up the offense is what? Do... Well, I guess do a lot more. More than sophisticated what they were doing. plays? Yeah, I'd assume. And, you know, like something I noticed on Van Dyke, he always looked at his first read, and he never tried to read the field. And in this game, he was like, I'm set on throwing it to you, so the ball's going to you, which I've never really seen from him. He seemed like a a very good passer. And look, he made 20 out of 29 of his throws. So he's And, you know, one interception is nothing. You know, com- you know if you it's really nothing, think about it. It's nothing, but I mean, against Southern Miss, it's not that great. Answer, but, you know, things happen, and, you know, you have 29 throws. Actually, was it 29 throws or 30 throws? It, I think it's 29. 29 uh, throws, so yeah, and then one, one interception. One interception. Well, no, yeah, not terrible. Yeah, you but, can't be perfect every single game and every single down and every single moment. No, you definitely can't, but kudos to the defense. They only allowed 24 rushing yards. Man, we're abusing about the fact that we have that. <laughs> and um, what about our running game? How was our running game? Our running game, 177 yards total. There were two touchdowns, by one by Henry Parrish Jr., one by Thaddeus Franklin Jr., so you think they'll keep up that motto for the next uh, game against Texas Yeah, I think A&M. they're just going to try to pound the ball. But also, uh, the passing game wasn't bad with 268 total yards, 253 of those coming from Van Dyke. 
15 of those coming from freshman or is he still considered a freshman? I don't know. Number 13, Jake Garcia, who went two for two in his like one minute of playing. Right. So, well, the, the issue that they're going to have is dealing with the crowd next week. Yeah. So uh, they, but we'll talk about that in the next segment. We have to, we have to keep the viewers listening and we have some dolphins to review. So you want to jump into that? Let's go with the Canes. I know, with the Fins, with the Fins up, Fins up. With the Fins. The Dolphins have started the season 1-0. This is the first time, I think, in four head coaches that the Dolphins start 1-0 under this head co- under their new head coach. Tua Tungavailoa becomes the first quarterback to defeat Bill Belichick four straight times and become four, or in his first four games versus Belichick, I think he becomes the second quarterback to be Belichick four times in a row, and I think that was uh, John Elway. John Elway, John Elway. No, I know, but I could be completely wrong about okay. the player I'm naming. Okay. I remember it was a Bronco. I can't remember if it was John Elway or not. But Miami was just dominant all throughout this game. In reality, without a stupid pass interference call called on uh, Xavier Howard, this game ends 20 to nothing, and Mike, McDaniels, or Mike McDaniel is a genius of a head coach. Uh, Tua, 23 for 33 on his passing attempts, completion ratio. Uh, 270 yards, one touchdown. He was second... In the league, I think, for most yards thrown, even though people don't want to give him credit. The running game, though, was not really there as they only got a total of 65 total rushing yards led by Chase Edmonds with only 25. And McDaniel's supposed to be that run guru guy. What do you have to say about that? Well, let's go back a second. How do you think Tua did? And is he the most accurate quarterback in the league? You know? Well, I don't think he's definitely the most accurate because when you're missing 10 throws, it's not great for you. But... Um, let's talk about some of his receivers. His new weapon, Tyree Kill, led the team with 94 yards. He did not get a touchdown, though. You know someone who did? Jalen Waddle. We got to see the Waddle celebration return as he had 69 yards on four catches. That's an average of 17.2 yards per, per, um, per reception. Now, he scored, but I heard, I'm not 100% sure, but I heard that he was disappointed in the fact that he didn't think that he got the ball enough. And now I know that most wide receivers, most running backs, tight ends, everyone's complaining about not getting the ball enough. What do you think? Did he not get the ball enough? I don't know. I think the Dolphins still haven't figured out how they want to run this offense because I think it can be a lot more explosive than what it was. And I think McDaniel's still trying to figure it out. Really cool stat to mention is that McDaniel started his career back in 2005. His first ever game coaching was with the Denver Broncos at Hard Rock Stadium, or I guess at the time Sun Life Stadium or maybe Joe Robbie Stadium. <laughs> and yeah. um, or what was the other name for like Life? They had uh, no. They had that beer from Jimmy uh, Buffett. What was the name of that? Beer? Well, I doubt it was in two thousand five. Right. Anyways, um, which was really cool. He started his career there on nine eleven, and he then played or coached his first head coaching game, same date, just x amount of years later in twenty twenty two, and he won. So well, that's un- unbelievable. Well, his strategy is definitely working. You know, and he, it's very um, interesting what his strategy is which he said it in a podcast that I heard. And his strategy is very, you know, what they're going to do is they asked him, well, how are you going to change up the offense? What are you going to do with Tua uh, to make him better? And his thing was, we are going to score more points than the opponent. Well, they definitely did that also on defense, as the defense themselves uh, scored. That is number six, Melvin Ingram. Melvin is his name, Melvin. Let me check. I know it's M. Ingram. I just I can't find his name on the sheet. That was a nice sheet. play, by the way. Yes, and uh, Brandon Jones, not Byron Jones, not to be confused. Byron Jones is the one that's injured right now. Brandon Jones, um, he ended up causing the fumble on Mac Jones, 
which led to Melvin Ingram. I checked his name. Scoring for the first time. Woo! That was nice. Well, that first was time nice for the Dolphins. Goal. Well, and talking about defense, how are we going to cover with a, with a corner? Well, you know, that's definitely something that we have to talk about. And Cater Kuku, I think that's how you spell, that's how you pronounce his name. He's an undrafted rookie. He definitely um, killed it out there. He was the highest rated rookie, and he's a cornerback. So we hope maybe the Dolphins figured out something there using Cater and um, uh, what's his name? Needham. Nick Needham. Or Nick Needham? Yeah. Nick Needham. Yeah. Yep. And um, one last shout because we do have to continue on with the show. One last shout to Javon Holland for an interception. And now I think we're going to end the conversation on the recap and start talking about some future football. Woo! Yeah, the clapping sound effect. And now we'll take it to our first break. And we're back talk again football it's pretty much the only thing on our mind these days and we have some exciting games coming up for miami both miami teams are on the road which one do you want to start with this Let's week start with the u all right the u heads to now i believe it is number 24 in the nation who would have thought this game was supposed to be the real test of if miami's back this might be the test of texas a&m's even a viable football program anymore well As to, number me- 13 miami Takes on Texas A&M. What were you about to say? I was about to say that, you know, Texas is coming off a big defeat. Um, they're yes, gonna be they excited. just lost to Appalachian State, 17-14. to 14. So I know they're going to be psyched up. They're going to be riled up. They're going. To, they're embarrassed, basically. I mean, that was a talk. ESPN and all the, the sports channels on Monday morning, the talk was, hey, look what happened to Texas A&M. They lost to Appalachian. I mean, Every single commentator was commentating. So I know that they have to be very And they paid $1.25 million for them to come play, if you can believe that. Texas wow. A&M play, paid them to come and beat them. Anyways. Well, the bottom line is they're going to be riled up. They're going to be rowdy. They're going to be ready. They're going to be psyched up. So really, this will be a testament to both teams. It'll, it's going to say if Texas a, if that was just a fluke or if they're really not up to par this season— and with regards to the U, it's going to really show us how much Cristobal... What if dif- the U is back. If the U is back, what difference Cristobal is make with how Van Dyke is playing, how the rest... Of, you know, is it a cohesive team? Is, a, is it a championship team? Do we move forward? I think that they are. I think they're ready. I think we're going to have a big, big surprise. And the bottom line is, is that they're going to go away. So they're not even in their home environment. They're in another environment that's going to... You know, they always say, listen... You know, being away doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win or you're going to lose. But when you're at a home game and you're being cheered on and you're being, you know, the whole crowd is there with you, it It doesn't hurt. It helps. So uh, let's see what happens on uh, Saturday. Yeah, we will definitely have to wait and see as uh, UM heads to College Station. But talking about some injuries, UM's been dealing with the injury bug. Mario Cristobal has been very, um, what's the word, very, I guess, to an extent secretive on the injuries, but he does say that two key stars, left tackle Zion Nelson and running back Jalen Knighton, took 100% of the reps in practice this week and are full speed for Texas A&M. That is big having back left tackle Zion Nelson as the offensive line has struggled a little bit and Zion is scheduled to be like a top eight pick, top five pick, even some people, top 10 pick in this NFL draft coming up. I believe it is Zion. I, to be honest, 
I I'm not blanking. I could be anyone, but I believe it is Zion. Let me yeah, let me yeah. double check that while while you talk about. I think that it's Zion, huge and you know, back. you know, Kristoff. I think is you know he's a he's one of these people that is very goal oriented. You know, they win or they lose. Obviously, they just won. They've won two games so far. But he says we're back to work. That's what we have to do. Go back to work because it's a long season. Correction: Zion is the top five offensive lineman, yeah, so you're, you're that is right. pretty big coming back. You're right. Anyway, that's all I wanted to say about Cristobal and and you know it was interesting when we were there, Dak. We saw him pre in the pregame. He was practicing. He was on the field. You know, when I say practicing, I mean he was actively he was on top involved. of the offensive line. He was actively involved in coaching. He wasn't on the sideline. He wasn't letting everyone else do it. And the fact of the matter is. You know, he's brought a tremendous team. You know, tell us, you know, some of the players, former players that he's brought to be coaches and are doing a great job. You know, we have the defensive, you know, former Miami Dolphins. Um, Jason J- Taylor. Jason Taylor. Um, you know, who, who else has he brought? Uh, to be honest, I don't fully remember. But he's, he's kept, definitely he's brought, kept, uh, Rick- he brought a good staff. He brought in um, Coach Feld from Oregon with him. He brought in Mirabal uh, with him. Right. Offensive line coach and strength and conditioning coach, two very well-respected coaches around the nation, um, as well as kept on Ed Reed. Ed Reed, you know, that's another one that's been big. That has been big. He's done a lot for the players. And from what I saw and what I understand, a bunch of the play, former players, you know, including Michael Irvin, Irving, and and all those guys, um, uh, Jay uh, Gore. Oh, Frank Gore? He's Frank back. Gore. No, well, he's not that he's back, but, yeah, he but he's came back to talk. Yeah, yeah. He came to talk to them. So, I mean, all these things are really, I think, have a great impact on the players, on the students, because after all, they are students. Yeah, no, most definitely. And we will be anxiously awaiting to see how that final game, or not how this final game, how the game goes. You're so excited uh, about the beginning of the football season. Now, all of a sudden, it's a final game? Wow. <laughs> no, this Fast is. Fast forward. Well, to huh? be honest, if UM loses this one, it's it's over. So no, I don't I don't agree with that. I think that you know if just, UM can't prove that they can go into a hostile environment and win, or at least remain competitive, like let's say UM loses thirty to zero, the well, season then, is then over. Then there's a problem. There's, I, don't, I don't think the season over. No, but then look, there's a problem, and, and you know the coaching staff is going to have some hard work ahead of them starting Monday morning. Look, Actually, I don't believe anyone Sunday should be morning. calling anyone should be calling uh, Crystal Ball's head if they lose this game, and even if it is a blowout because it is his first season, and you know. At the end of the day, he did prove in Oregon that he was able to at least produce conference champions. Which well, he, he's we, already he's already proven use. a lot here. He's already proven a lot by his scouting, by yeah, bringing only, the players. He's only beat fact, two teams so far. No, no, but the fact that he's gotten good players, the fact that you know, listen, I see him actively participating. I see him actively on the field. I see him participating not only with the players, but I saw him participating with the crowd. Yes, he's the man. And with all that being said. Number 13, Miami traveled to Texas A&M, and that'll be Saturday, September 17th at 9 p.m., and we will be back here next week with a review on that game. But now, let's move on to our Miami Dolphins 1-0. Woo! I need to get a second clapping effect so it's not the same thing every time. Anyways, um, now we transition to the Sunday morning. Sunday, 1 p.m., Dolphins at Ravens. Both teams are 1-0. The Ravens, though, didn't have as tough of an opponent uh, opponent as they had beat the New York Jets 24-9 to on last Sunday. And well, you what, know, do you, what do you see as their strength? What do you see as the Ravens' strength? Well, I was actually going to talk about all the turmoil between 
the Ravens and their star quarterback, Lamar Jackson. What is the turmoil? Um, Lamar believes he is worth significantly more than what he is being offered. So he's betting on himself. And the South Florida boy, who knows if he's right or wrong, but he's been liking posts of him in a Dolphin jersey. And, you know, if Tua doesn't work out, hey, Stephen Ross, you wanted your... Your guy, you wanted to go get Brady, go get Lamar Jackson. Yeah, but what's going to happen Sunday? Tell us about Sunday. I don't want to hear about speculations. What's going to happen Sunday? I don't is know. Lamar, is Lamar going to play? Win. Is Lamar not going to play? Well, no, is no, he no. Yeah, play yeah, he's to playing. his utmost? Is he really going to be a professional and do what he yes, has to no, do no, no. to he's been, move his team forward? Yes, he's been super professional throughout the entire process. He just feels like he's being cheated out of money and, you know. We, well, but it appears to me that that's an inner problem. And, and if you're telling me that he's a professional, he's not going to back down, he's going to play you know, full speed ahead, then, you know, that's something that's a side note. No, yeah, he's he's been great throughout this entire process. And, you know, at the end of the day, it seems like we're going to go into a tough battle because at the end of the day, it is um, Mike McDaniel's first road game against an experienced coach like Harbaugh. That's definitely going to be tough. You know, at the end of the day. Well, he beat the GOAT. He beat the goat last Sunday, huh? He definitely did, but and I saw on his Bilicek. own turf. Yeah, when, yeah. Well, still, I saw Belichick come at the end to do that. Uh, you know, a terrible uh, congratulatory sh- shaking of the hands. That was terrible, Belichick. Go back. <laughs> okay, good call out. But um, we're turning this into WWE now with promos. But um, back to what I was saying about you know the the Ravens. The thing that's so key about their team, which you can't say about every single NFL team is that no matter how far they push the ball down the field, they can 99% of the time kick a field goal because they have the greatest kicker of all time in Justin Tucker. And, you know, it's such a mobile quarterback like Lamar Jackson. It's a different approach that the defense is going to have to take this week compared to how they took Mac Jones last week. So it's going to be a little bit of a challenge, in my opinion, but I'm sure it's nothing that the Dolphins aren't ready for. Yeah, I think they've probably already saw the film uh, over and over and over again. That's how they prepare. And I think they're going to be ready. Well, one can only hope as we have the Miami Dolphins traveling up to Baltimore in hopes of staying 2-0 and and joining the Miami Hurricanes on a perfect season so far. Who knows? Maybe this is what the Dolphins needed. The guy who's changing the game through math might lead us to the next perfect season. Well, let me tell you, he's done a lot so far. It seems that the morale of the players is very high. It seems that they want to work as a team, and that's a necessity in, the, in, in football. Um, so I think we're on the right track with McDaniel. Most definitely. And with all that being said, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Dak and Rick's Pod. Uh, be sure to follow the podcast at Dak and Rick's Pod. Be sure to follow me personally at Dak25 underscore. Um, be sure to rate us five stars. Anything you want to say before we take it home? Go you, go Finns. We'll see you next week. Yes, sir. We will see you guys next week. Until then, uh, I don't know. See you. <laughs>